love balls. Told you Jason is, is the love <laughs> boss, and they can hear me. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, me, the guy who tells you about the big, the big catfish you used to catch back in the olden days over at the bait shop. <laughs> okay, so happy hump Jason day. Smith. Something we still can say. Yes, Jason Smith. You didn't say your name this time. I now I did. Now I did. Oh, I got it. On, I got Jason. it. Come on, Jason. I got it. Jason. It's uh, Wednesday. I'm gonna go and noodling later. No, I'm not. Mm. I wish I, I've never noodled. Hey, do you know what noodling is? I think about a lazy river. No, no. Well, that that is maybe a part of noodling. Another 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 way to noodle is go into that into the kitchen and do that kind of noodling. But the noodling I'm talking about. <laughs> sorry. Go the on. noodling I talk about is you take your hand, get your arm. Pull up your sleeve. You get in a you get in a crick or a, a shallow pond, and you you put your hand deep down in there, and you let a you let a catfish, like a giant catfish, bite on your arm, and then you pull it out. That's <laughs> noodling. That, that a that's thing? a thing. Or that's you a real that thing. Right now. No, no, that's a real thing. Are there thing. YouTube videos of this? Oh no, yeah, I'll, I'll put something up while we talk. Oh, that's but. that's bizarre. That's bizarre. Well, I guess it's like the same concept of uh, people who let those little th- fishies eat eat the the stuff off your foot. Yep. Right? Yep. It's it, well. This is this is a way that people catch catfish. Like if you look up catfish noodling, catfish <laughs> noodling, it's a thing. It's a thing. Happy and hump day. Happy hump day. Catfish, catfish noodling. But now I want a hat that says cat. I want a trucker hat that says catfish. So catfish noodling. noodling. Catfish noodling. Yeah. Yeah. Look. So this lady is gonna catfish noodle. I, I don't. I'm gonna have to get to the part where she gets to it. Oh well. Listen. I mean, they're trying to normalize it so they get like a pretty white girl. Yeah, so, so see that, that they're reaching down. Right. She doesn't look happy about this, and she's wearing like a full body wetsuit. Yeah, they're still right? noodling. Hairs in a bun. She's not looking either. She's like, uh, I need a drink. Someone get me a drink. Makeup. She's like, now I got a drink. Now they got another cut. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here they go. Now they got a different girl in there. She's like, I can't. Do oh, this. same girl. Oh, she just looks worse for the wear. She no. She look. See the, oh, cat, the catfish that is biting look on. Fun. That doesn't look fun. So the catfish bites their arm. She's screaming. Right. How is this fun for anyone? Right. Except and then, the catfish. And then she pulls it up. There's a there's a catfish stuck to her goddamn arm. I, and I, she's pulled the is... other Yeah, that's a thing. Like that. Yeah. Noodling. Look how big that catfish is. I yeah, mean, that that's is, what I'm saying. That's the size of a baby dolphin. Yeah, you don't put your arm out why, for like a why, nip. Don't they have teeth? Yeah. So still what is happening? Well, they're not like huge teeth. Yeah, but she's got that whole thing. That's people do this. Look. But wait, is that how is she killing the catfish? Or is she gonna? Well, like, I mean, she's catching it? the catfish. That's gonna cook. Oh, that's what's happening. That's how you catch it. Yeah, wait, that's they put how, her they, arm they, in peanut butter. No, you just put your arm down there. I guess they're like in the mud and stuff, and you just go down there, and one of them just bites your arm like into the like you're going in these like catfish holes. I, I've never done it, and to be honest, that catfish almost looks like a stuffed animal catfish. You I don't pay know. me enough to do that. And first no. of all, uh, well, second of all. Uh, why doesn't the catfish let go? Does it not have the consciousness? Oh, well, I mean, I think you grab it. I think you, you, part of it is you grab into it. I mean, oh, I don't know. you're like gripping inside. The yeah, you're like inside that catfish. Yeah, yeah, you're like, mm, I got you. Oh, yeah, that's not cool. That's a, that's a, that is a oh, thing. Oh, look, like, it's back alive. You know what? Take her arm off. That? <laughs> that, you know what? That I want to see. If that was the end of catfish noodling, I'm into catfish noodling because you're an idiot. 
Yeah. You want to go in that when that in that? Uh, why, why would someone do this? I don't. I don't. I, don't I think this is a. I mean, I don't know where this started. I'll have to. You know, I will investigate the catfish noodling uh, situation. But that's a real event or a pastime. That's a way. That's somebody. It's protected by somebody because that's how people have done it since they lived in the holler. You know, you live in a holler if you do that, right? You're not. Listen, you're not. That doesn't bother me. If you live in the holler, then you. That's fine. You do that because you got to eat. Yep. This shouldn't be a sport where people like 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 pretty white girls and boys are going out like, hey, let's uh, let's no. noodle a catfish and yeah. kill it with my arm or grab onto its innards. <laughs> you catch innards. it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, you, you, there's fly fishing and then there's noodling, and I, that's yeah. A, that, fly fishing is a different story. That's, that's an, an art. art. That's a. It's also a philosophy. Yeah. A way of life. It's a bunch different. I mean, uh, River you don't know about you, you. Just you're just not a noodle Jedi. If you knew, <laughs> then in the art of noodle, there's nothing Jedi about noodling. You stick your arm in the mud, and a thing grabs onto it, and you're like, "Oh, look, I got it, something!" And you it kick it out of the water, and it can't breathe. Hey, hey you know, there's, 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 um, there's. I just don't understand. Are you defending catfish noodling? No, no, I'm just playing devil's advocate. There's Zen in the art I, I of noodling, this. right? You know, I'm just really all. I'm just saying, like, you Have know, you there's. Read? Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance. Oh yeah, of course I have. Yeah, I yes. don't know. You say it. Of course I have. You're one of the few people I know who's ever. Oh read yeah, that book. I read it. I read that one, and I read the sequel where he's on the boat. Yeah, the sequel I want no part of, but the yeah. actual book I, I tried so hard to turn that into a movie. Some big producer has the, has the rights. No, I, I figured out. I cracked it. Oh, you did. Yeah, and oh, then the yeah. guy we we're supposed to have a lunch at Chateau Marmont. I don't even remember who the. You know what? I bet that guy let this book lapse. Yeah, That's I a movie. That, I bet that guy noodles. That's a movie. <laughs> You know they they talk. <laughs> I uh, no um, you know we've been we've been doing all this stuff. I just I want to create new uh, things about people. Like right now, you know, I've been doing all that Facebook stuff. You know, the candy, mm -hmm. not COVID, and and right. talking to people and learning and learning about these prejudices and these ideas people have of Hollywood. And there's these weird rumors that like, you know, all of Hollywood is pedophiles, right? Like, that's just a thing people like some people actually believe, right? That I want to get rid of because no, that's not true. I told I was telling people like, no, Hollywood is not full of that. Every you know, and Democrats aren't that, and that's not a thing. But like, bad people are that, you know. But if I could get like that, like everybody in Hollywood noodles, like that's still bad, but it's not as bad. But I can start those rumors. You you're into those, but not <laughs> into this. You don't enjoy that everybody in Hollywood is a pedophile. No, I don't. No, I, I think, and I think that that's wholly inaccurate. I think that there are gross people everywhere, but. Um, and Hollywood doesn't escape that either. But um, well, listen, Hollywood has a concentration of pedophilia. There's yeah. zero doubt about it. And I think that uh, movie that I won't watch that yeah. Evan Rachel Wood posts about, what was it called? The little kid movie. Yeah. Um, do you know the name of it? Yeah, I know. That's the French one. I don't right? even want to say it. I, yeah, actually, yeah. let's not say it. But whatever that movie is about the little kids and the dancing with the provocative thing. And there's a test. Mm -hmm. Right. The the Venn test or something. It's not a Venn diagram. I'm getting it wrong. But there's an actual test that the Supreme Court made up to decide if it's child pornography. Mm -hmm. And apparently that movie passes that test. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. Right, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't yeah. watch it, but uh, from what I the little I read, which, I, you know, is I got to tell you, all this, all of this, all yeah. of this is coming from Evan Rachel Wood's story. Mm. You know I mean, I, I can't, you know, that's my source. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I can't say what it is. And, you know, listen, whether it is or isn't, I'm not watching it. Right. I, there's right. nothing there for me. Oh, it's art. You know what? Not my kind of art. No. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And I, I think that there's a lot of weird stuff there. I mean, what I what I want to believe, though, is also that people are good. And it's not a it's not an overall situation with all human beings is all no, I'm nothing saying. Nothing is. I agree. Except noodling. It's universal. It's not. It's uni I'm not involved in noodling. Unless, uh, again. Like you know, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. That's fine with me, whatever. 
Why aren't people shark noodling? <laughs> shark noodle. Yeah. Shark noodle is shark gonna noodle. be. The, that's the next sci-fi movie that's gonna be big out. You know, yeah, that's a, that's the next. That's the next Tara Reid vehicle is Shark Noodle. Um, is that Ian Ziering? Yeah, Shark Noodle. Da, 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 da. Ziering own dun, 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 dun. Shark Noodle? Yeah. Isn't Ian Ziering own Shark I wouldn't doubt it. He has to. Him and Tara have to split it like custody. Yeah. Like who figured that out? What What the hell? You know, I've never watched one thing about it. Can you just brief me on what a Shark Week is? Like, why do people get so Shark Week? I, I think Shark Week is so excited. Shark Week's different than Sharknado, but I, I think what is exciting is because, you know, there's only so much on National Geographic. Um, and so at a certain point, uh, you just have like sharks are just the coolest of all those animals. Like it's tough. It's scary. It's a predator. They try and do interesting things. You know, one year they'll have this year was Mike Tyson fights a shark. Not really, but like. They, oh, they an advertisement for that. Was that yeah, thing? they measure like how hard he punches versus how hard a shark bites. And like Michael Phelps races a shark. You know, they just uh, shark, I think, wins every Shocker. time. I mean, shark. even with Mike Tyson, it's like, come on. Right. It's all these weird little things. But there's it's, I think it really about the big thing about it all is like yeah. it's just become this yearly thing. It's like uh, happy Honda days. You know, it's not who gives a fuck, but people people need it in their lives. I feel like Katie Holmes Day is a, is a more valid excuse. Oh, Katie Holmes Day. I love Katie Holmes Day. So I so I hear So that makes me think that you might have finished all of AP Bio. Oh, yeah. It's genius. Such a good season. Seasons, I mean, now are just absolutely uh, flawless. I love it. I can't believe you know. Listen, you have to put it in the parameters of a network show, and they have stretched the envelope as far as it will go for a network show. I think, and I think they've done it amazingly. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I think they have too. Um, I, I, I mean, let's talk about it a little bit because we haven't yeah. really talked about it since Mike was here. Um, this new season, I think, really breaks the 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 mold of what it was, which was like a revenge every episode or revenge against a certain person, and kind of right. converted it like like that that episode, which is really funny. And I, at first, I was getting real annoyed with the joke, but it was one that got funnier and funnier. Was the uh, last time on also on, and then the next time on episode yeah. which i thought was genius after a while Listen, at first i'm like god damn <laughs> well i think what, but you know what you're really talking about is the fact that they explored that that dichotomy between Patton and um i don't paula. know the names what paula no no not Patton and paula uh Patton and the the what's his name the lead Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. What's it? Why can't I do? It? Tell me. Scott gets mad at me when I. No, it's, it's hold on. Hopefully. Like, oh, then you break the momentum. I hope he doesn't. I, I think he doesn't listen to Wednesday, so we, let's just hope. Hold Scott on. Scott doesn't listen to most of the days. Unless he listens like to some, all the days. Does he? Yes, he does. That's does he? Uh, Glenn Glenn Howerton. Yes, he does. He listens to all the days. Does he? Yes. And you do this, and now he's gonna. Be, now I'm getting text messages. Thanks a yeah, lot. Right. Thanks Are a lot. Really? That's you. No, not really. Okay. See, that's because he's not listening. All right. So Glenn, right? But uh, what, his character's name, whatever. So, so yeah, the, the dynamic between Patton and Glenn, I yeah. think they explored very, very interestingly. And why I think that is because they how they mix the bunny stuff and the stupid kid shit that Patton does and Hollywood for Ohio. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where they are, is Ohio. Right. And, and then the idea of him having his phil uh, philosophy book combined with like bunny word searches. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was kind of like the perfect metaphor for what the show is and yep. their relationship. Well, yeah. And that that was a great episode. That, those are two different episodes, though. Uh, no, I but, know. But I was talking yeah. about it in the same way of the dynamic between the two of them. Oh, yeah. Which I that thought was a was really great one. Something they were exploring in, in all these episodes. But I thought those two especially. But go on with what you were saying. Oh, yeah. No, I was just thinking. Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the thing about the stuff, the, the book and, you know, like 
this this season is really about exploring all these characters that one kid that sits in the back that was smoking after he uh won the um won the 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 uh that same buddy yeah. one after he won the, the dinner with or the lunch with the principal well, and yeah, he's just and he's out there, there in the uniform and he's just like, to me he's the funniest new thing in that show like the way that kid the, the reacts I feel really stuff. vulnerable right now look at me will someone just look at me <laughs> so good yeah. every the kids really got a chance to shine this season um paula and that that whole episode where paula and uh well, she was really out of, with her sexuality too which i yeah, really loved and, yeah and yeah paula a, Pat made a meal of it fighting over the girl uh the threesome yeah the threesome was and did she hilarious. actually mean it like or was she looking at that note like what the hell is i think a little bit i think that that was part of the fun of that episode was i think she genuinely was interested it seemed like she was actually flirting with them and she like said hey she did let's do this it really felt like it and i i think that that was part of it is you weren't supposed to know if it was real you're supposed to assume that they were jumping to conclusions but the, the 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 letting it be real was actually a brilliant piece because that would no other show would do that they do the whole thing was like oh i'm just kidding you know they pull that back you know and i thought it was hilarious well yeah you're right they would pull it back and i think that's what mike and his writers do is they don't yep you know they don't pull it back and also it's like they they started out real fast with the dildo in the box yep. you know oh. and he's like stop getting that sent to school Right. And just how she's like, well, you know, you have to get these. This is just free. This comes with everything. I have to get my free gift. And oh, it was so good. And that's another thing they did. They explored the teachers. You know, they took yes. that premise of the revenge piece and kind of put it toward the background, but didn't they didn't lose it. Nobody lost their edge, but they allowed the stories to adjust and change, which I mean, this season to me was a great breakout season like oh, that, 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 that third season kind of, you know, strength. Well, it also explored, like, even when in his, was it a dream, or I don't know if he was having a heat, oh, in the rat poisoning. He was know, having the rat poison yeah. hallucination. He was ha it was like a little but bit of his missing... naked lunch. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, good, 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 Jason. Cronenberg. <laughs> well done. Well Thank done. You. Nice reference. I like that. Um, if you haven't seen Naked Lunch, everybody, watch that well, immediately, yeah. and then watch everything else Cronenberg yeah. makes. And yeah. yeah, but don't read it, because it doesn't make any sense. And it, no, 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 it will make no sense. Cronenberg <laughs> found the only story in that book. Yeah. It's yeah. Kafka, right? No, that's uh, uh, Burroughs. Really? Yeah. See, I think I'm educated, and then poof, it all goes yeah, away. To that's Burroughs. You see, I just learned something, though. Burroughs, <laughs> man, how many drugs did that guy do? <laughs> Way too many. I know. I want to do some. I want to get the, the the chemical concoction. All right, what were we talking about though? Oh, we're, we're just talking about, about that that episode where you know I that episode the rat poisoning that he that what they explored really nicely also was the uh, the idea that he didn't really want to leave. He missed mm -hmm. them. He liked that stupid game, the you know pee poo masturbate the, the <laughs> right. game. You know, like he just enjoyed it, and he doesn't necessarily want to leave, and he doesn't want to leave that woman. And oh, they like it. making popcorn together. Yeah, and yeah, and and the, you know that whole piece, and then it really hits home with the, uh, him falling in love with uh, Katie Homestay. And you know what happened to me at the end of the season? What? I got a popcorn maker. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and and wait, what? what else do you get? Wait, wait, are you? Do you want me to? What what I got here in the studio? No, no. What else do you get? I don't know. You got, you got a girlfriend. You keep oh, saying no, it. No, you, I, I don't keep saying it. You keep saying you it. You keep saying it. I said it once. You said it. You announced it. I said it, it. once. You I announced it. it. I said, I think I have a girl. I, I didn't you, say anything. You said it on the air, so I get to say it. You, you got a popcorn maker and a girlfriend. I'm just saying that both of those Why things. Why are you putting them in the same category? Because they came after AP things. Bio. They both showed up after AP Bio. I'm just saying. AP I'm just Bio telling might you. have stimulated a growth spurt. <laughs> I mean, an evolutionary growth spurt. I'm not saying it didn't. Uh, but really, what they did was uh, 
a hell of a season of TV. Oh yeah, Again. it was a hell of a season. And and you know what's funny is that was only the season. That was only episode eight. There were two more. That season still had two more in it that would have mm -hmm. been fucking hilarious. So um, what a see. great eight piece season that they I hope did. They released it somehow. Yeah, I mean, well, he, what Mike was saying is those are going to be the first two episodes of season um, four, four if they get yeah. when. Yeah, no, when, when they get picked up, when, right? When. Well, I I think that's uh that's important. And yeah. should we just? I mean, should we talk about the vow? Yeah, let's get into the vow. But first, I just want to one last thing. Yeah, let's do because you're saying something else. I know you wanted to. There's two things. Number one, congratulations, Mandy Moore, on your um, yes. Emmy win. Um, yes. So Mandy Moore won the the Creative Arts Enemy for choreography in a scripted show, and uh, um, she was a guest and is now one of our best friends. Um, and she wants to hang with us all the time, and I want to hang with her because she seems fun, and she thinks that all movement is dancing, and so that means I'm a good dancer. Yeah, and by the way, that would mean I'm a good dancer because even moving this chair, I'm dancing. On top of that, can we ask Mandy to make us a stuck at homies dance? Dance. Oh, we can. can. And that we can do on TikTok. Yeah, Mandy Moore TM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like let's get Mandy to make let's, us a stuck at homies dance that we can do on TikTok because me doing any dance she makes up is going to be worth the yeah. price of admission, which yep. is nothing. Which is free. Yeah, yeah no. So, so I really want to congratulate. Yeah, I want to congratulate her on that. That's amazing. Congratulations, and Mandy. Unbelievable work. And she's just one of the best. I mean, La La Land, she's one of the best. I think she sets precedence for every choreographer out there and sets a ball. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not just one of the best, but just one of the nicest people. One of the, you know, sweetheart. one of the, 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 the greatest kind of like people out there doing things. Um, she's very enigmatic. You know, you can't help but get, she's very, it's very infectious. Her Absolutely. Her, uh, she's and, so like wonderful. You're like, oh, where do you do? Where are you going? And you have to be that, right? Like you have to, you can't not be that um, if you're doing dance and you're doing it right. Like if you're going to try and teach people who don't know what they're doing or are afraid like me or you, and you come in there and it's like just that strict, like, you know, speaking no, of inappropriate no. shows, dance moms kind of teachers, right? Like, who's just yelling at you and telling you how shitty you are that I'm out. Right. And I'm never going to feel comfortable. Right. Yeah, I already know that. I didn't have to come here. To hear yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you for making me feel great. Yeah, uh, but you need good. somebody that's like, oh, it's movement. You know, you need a care. You need a person. Like, hey, who's like, move that chair over here, Cliff. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, actually oh my, a thing. Like, look, we're dancing. Like yeah, you, it's like your improv level one coach. Right. You need somebody that just makes you feel like everything you say is art. I got to see all you improv people. I, I What do you mean all you improv people? All you people who took improv and all the levels. I swear it sounds like, you know, uh, dynamic marketing. Every time <laughs> I hear about it, like an improv class sounds like that. Like, oh, did you get up to the second triangle? I'm triangle level two. Yeah, well, I'm 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 advanced four with uh with uh, almost all of the, uh, the the extra classes. I took musical, well, you musical don't know level how, three. You don't know how. Uh, advanced game. Narrow. Lee, you escaped a sex cult in your improv group. <laughs> I know. There was a vow like, that they were about to ask you to take. That, now, that would have been a very odd and uncomfortable sex cult. Um, that would have been very goofy. <laughs> you know, because the problem with improv is not the improv itself, and it's not even the people. It's mm -hmm. that you get used to everything being a bit, so you have to go out and everything's like, everything's a heightened game. You go out to have a drink and it's everything bit, bit, bit. And then somebody's like, bit, bit, bit on top of your bit, 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 bit on top of your bit. And so if you're having sex, you're like, I'm doing you this way. Oh, oh, look, golden flower, burr, burr, burr. And you're like, oh, look, look, we're touching tips. We're touching tips. Burr, burr, burr. And it's like, come on, I just want to do it. You're making me lose my wood. But you know what, though? Now you're kind of getting me interested in improv. 
<laughs> like, I feel like if that was improv, I might go. It would remind me of my childhood in the live sex shows in, in uh, Times Square that I used to wander into when my parents weren't around. Well, they're oh, very. I was just looking for a hat. <laughs> Imagine going out with somebody where everything you do is uh, you have to like, you just have to feel like you're on. It is that's what improv hanging out sometimes is. It's like, all right, I get it. Let's just talk about something. Nope. Heightened game, heightened game. And then always talking about like, and then having to break down every piece of comedy that you do. Like, I don't know as a writer that if you do that internally, but when I sit and watch a movie, like, and when I know a I, lot of people who do it. And if you're like, sometimes you're just like, let me enjoy it. Like, I stopped playing video games when I made video games because I could dissect them too easily in my brain. Um, and sometimes that's, that happened with comedy for a while. It's like, oh, I know what they're doing. I see exactly where this is going. Um, and then if then yeah. you start talking about it, some new neurotransmitters yeah, and, uh, and sometimes it was fun, it. but that's also what, when something came out of left field stuff, like, you know, honestly, like AP bio and all, you know, and Dan Harmon stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, that's so fresh and original. Cause it's not the, it doesn't follow those forms as much. And, uh, but yeah, yeah same yeah. thing with Quentin Tarantino or P.T. Yep. Anderson or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Fellini, uh, you know, Curacao. It's, it's always the, that. Mm -hmm. Let's take the structure and break it and, you know, scatter it all over the place and let's see what comes out. And, you know, the, sometimes it's this incredible art and other times it's just, you know, uh, noodling. <laughs> sometimes it is. Sometimes you just got a catfish on your arm and sometimes that you have to bring that to the orgy. You know, it's like that would be a really interesting improv. Like, hey, let's do it. We're getting all ready. He's like, hold on. Let me noodle. Ooh, I got a butthole up here. You, you, know? you realize we've gotten to the catfish noodling, orgies, sex improv. Let's, let's, uh, but really we are staying on point. I think Scott Porch would be proud of us in the idea that we are about to talk about this sex cult. Right. Exactly. This is what that. we call. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call A to C. <laughs> we make it look easy, but believe me, it's it's it go, try, come come try. Yeah, yeah and then come we put it. a button on it. We uh, yeah, yeah. It's I called like the callback. Cat noodling. See, we brought back the noodling. Doesn't doesn't just happen, people. This is magic. This is magic. Wait. Yeah, this is magic. Yeah. Trust me. Trust yeah. me. This is not easy. Buy our book. I, <laughs> yeah, we, you'll learn nothing. That's all. But you will help us get a bigger house. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. And we need one because, you know, hey, Jason's got a pool now. There's no stopping him. No. With no a noodle in the pool. Do you have noodles for the pool? Oh, we have a, we have a Pickle Rick noodle and two regular noodles. A Pickle Rick? We have a Pickle Rick noodle, yeah. I, I don't know what that is. You, know what a, you don't know what a Pickle Rick is? No. A Pickle I'm... Rick! It's from Rick and Morty when he turns himself into a oh. pickle. <laughs> okay, now I do. So it's just it's a Pickle Rick. Funny. It's a giant Pickle Rick noodle. Okay. All right. So, Mandy Moore, congratulations. Congratulations. On your Emmy win. Yep. And, and I think the rest of the creative art stuff is still coming. Um, so hopefully tonight and tomorrow we'll start to see some of the stuff from people that we've we've had on the show. Um, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, very, very, very fun stuff. Um, I did want to ask you a couple things. One couple more things before we get to the vow. And one is um, I just had this question about uh, sketch. All right. Saturday Night Live won again. All right. And I think it's specifically around the Eddie Murphy episode. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just curious how you felt about that episode, because to me, that wasn't the finest episode that they did that season, but it seems to be the one everybody really attached to. I thought Eddie was fine and it was nice to see him back. But did that one catch you as like the best episode in a while? Well, here's the thing. And I'm at a disadvantage because of two reasons. The first one is I'm a huge Eddie Murphy fan. Me too. You know, so it, it's very hard. Like if Eddie Murphy is just on a screen and I get to look at him and he maybe smiles, 
Like mm-hmm. I'm going to laugh and be happy. So it's very hard for me to not lean. Like if, same thing with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Like if you put Steve Martin on any screen anywhere, he doesn't really have to say anything. I'm probably going to laugh and feel good. So that being said, I also don't know every other sketch because I found that uh, most of what's been happening on Saturday Night Live has been uh, subpar. Difficult. Yeah. And that's, and that's, for I me. think that's part of it. For me. And I think that's part of it. It has been a little bit subpar. So then you have Black Lady sex Sketch Show. And I don't know if you've seen that, but I thought that mm-hmm. was really good in Drunk History. And I would say that Drunk History, that, yeah. It's a stronger show. And so that's, that's where I'm curious if it's just one of those things where it's like, well, it's Saturday Night Live. Eddie Murphy came back. We got to, you know, we still pay it forward to, you know, worship at the the kind of the altar of Lorne Michaels and, you know, some of these past comedians. Yeah, no, I, I think it's that. But I think also, if you look at that sketch and you look at it again, I mean, have you watched it? You've watched it a few times, oh, yeah, right? I've watched it a few times. Right. I mean, you can see, though, there's a level of uh, comedy that's, it's, it's raised. It just, mm-hmm. you know, you just see it as Eddie is, you know, it, it's just going like this. And yeah. if you watch those other shows, they are great, but you don't see it ever achieve the level that, because you have to weigh it against the relative uh, idea that when Eddie's not on the show, where is the level of Saturday Night Live? Right. And then when he gets on, it goes all the way up to, you know, over right. the Richter, like the Spinal Tap 11. Right. And they well, go, well, that's the biggest advancement we saw on any show. Right. And I guess, I guess my problem with that is I did think it was very funny, but I thought, you know, because they were reusing a lot of the sketches, they were funny, but they weren't new, right? Those were the characters he played back then. And they, they weren't, weren't spun- new to you. No, they weren't new to me. I've but seen all this. They're new to my kid. They're new right. to Sarah. Well, that's why I guess what I'm saying. So I see this stuff as like, you just gave me some of the funniest stuff and you, you, you've modernized some of the jokes, but in general, I've seen these characters 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago or whatever. And I love them. And so I appreciate the comedy, but I, you know, I strive as somebody that has to, you know, that has to, that loves and enjoys Mm -hmm. comedy and is in it and to see like, where's that next step? Where's that, 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 that evolution. And I guess, and I guess that's the kind of thing like Emmy doesn't necessarily mean that they're rewarding avant-garde comedy or cutting edge or something new. It's, you know, celebrating something that was super funny, but may not be original. You know what I mean? Does that? Well, let's, well, it makes perfect sense what you're saying. I, I don't agree with everything you're saying in, right. in context. Right. So let me just, let me just peel it back for a second. You know, first of all, uh, you, you talk about uh, the idea of cutting edge or, or this or that, right? Let, you have to take a couple of things into account. The for, Emmys are not cutting edge. Right. Okay? It's not a, uh, like the spirit awards for TV. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's the Emmys. That's first of all. The second thing you have to take into account is this. You're talking about, characters that eddie created 35 years ago 35 three and a half decades ago Mm -hmm. so in the relative scheme of popular culture that's like mozart of comedy now if these sketches and characters today are playing at that even a level that makes sarah or dylan or voters laugh Mm-hmm. then that means that they stood the test of time for 35 years and right. they're being brand new to a whole new generation. Has any of the other shows done that? No. And that makes sense. No. And you're right. It's because I'm looking at them from a, like a, a, a just because I'm looking at them from a place where I kind of know the beats. It doesn't mean that that hasn't connected with the younger people or the people that voting. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I was old enough that I saw, the first episode ever of Saturday Night Live and the Not Ready for Primetime Players. You know, John Belushi, Bill Murray. I have a 
signed um, uh, autograph picture of Bill Murray from Bill Murray himself that he sent me because he was not, he did not, believe me, he doesn't care about being famous now. Back then, some kid writing him at Studio 8H, mm-hmm. he wrote me a, hey Cliff, stay off the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, I still have it, believe me. It inspired me my whole life. Now, I also, I watched every episode. So this was something that, you know, remind, there were three channels. Uh, you know, so when I see Eddie Murphy and I see whether it's Gumby or whether it's any of these, you know, where's the, the landlord, how to kill my landlord. If I see anything that this guy did that he created, remember he's creating this in 87. You know, right. think about the, the field of race in 87. Right. Okay. And this guy is blazing. You want to talk about pioneering. You know, this guy is the same as Richard Pryor. And then now, 35 years later, three and a half decades mm-hmm. later again. So, you know, and I, and I know you're agreeing with me. I'm just saying, like, and if people aren't um, up to date with all this stuff, they should really go back and do a deep dive on this comedy and how it's built to this and why it's easier for me to say that what I'm watching on Saturday Night Live now is subpar because I couldn't do any of the things they're doing. So, right. Let me just yeah. be clear about that. I'm not trying to hate on them. No, I, like I get it. Staten Island. <laughs> I think, you know, and I, I, I have a tendency to be more forgiving of the talent on Saturday Night Live because I really want and I can see some of the stuff that they're trying to do. And there's some stuff that's really lazy. And there's some stuff that, like, I really am enjoying about the new new, new casts. And um, I'm not as big a fan of, uh, you know, the Colin Jost era of him being the head writer, you know, and even the, you know, like Seth Meyers, I like that stuff. And I like some, you know, when Tina Fey was the head writer, I thought that was kind of a, a zenith of recent uh, history, uh, historical kind of Saturday Night Live uh, stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, the, the, That's what this- Jason Sudeikis came out of, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, I thought that was the last heyday of yeah. SNL. You're talking really Maya saw- Rudolph. You're yes. talking um, Still Sudeikis. A, the greats of comedy right now. Even some Sandberg stuff, Jimmy yes. Fallon. You know, on and on. Will I mean, Ferrell. Well, not really on and on. Well, no, that's pretty on. Yeah. You know, I mean that. And then, you know, listen, and then I feel like everything faded into the woodwork. Yeah. And I also think this is a, 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 a functionality of, of the fact that comedy has gotten to a place where it has bumped completely against society mm-hmm. and these, uh, you know, the moral norms so to speak in this cancel culture etc so you know and we also got to a place where we had done and said almost everything we could to each other right so then now what's funny <laughs> right like you know what how so what's left and i'm not saying you can't because no. god knows you know we see it on Shit's creek and you see but you know you have to really dig deeper now yep you have to you well and i think this is why i like and want to like what's coming out and what's coming new for saturday night live is because they, you know michael che is now part of the head writing crew and you have That's people like, and you have people like Sam J. And if you don't know who Sam J is, she's an amazing lesbian comedian who's also a black woman and very, very funny and bringing a different point of view. And so that's what I want to see, like kind of the same way that I love seeing um, what's going on and, and, and talking about, uh, you know, Lovecraft Country, because these stories are new to me and they're original to me and they're original. To a lot of same. people. The perspectives to me make it funnier again. Like now, you know, what is funny? Like it's not as funny for two white guys to punch down on a bunch of shit, right? It's funnier to watch, you know, uh, you know, people of from different perspectives and and places punch up at things that are, you know, 
interesting and, t- and, and controversial and, and difficult sometimes for people to see. And so that's what I'm hoping comedy starts, you know, evolves into for a little while on top of, and to the side of that is the stuff that we're talking about with Schitt's Creek and, and Ted Lasso, where there's some more positivity in the comedy and some stuff where we find joy in the, yeah, nor, you know, joy in the comedy, you know, there's yes. comic joy. Well, no, I, I agree. I'm saying, you know, those kinds of things that like we've talked about over and over, uh, the, the tenets of Gene Roddenberry and Star Trek, this idea of a society that accepts everything and it's all love and compassion. Now, that's how the foundation is. So everything in the show now, it's not about, oh, my God, they're an interracial couple. Oh, my God, uh, that person's a lesbian who wants to, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, everything, whatever it is, that's not the storyline. That's, that's not the, the that's not where that's not where we in the comedy out of or the drama out of or the storyline out of because yeah. that part that's established as existing. Everything else, the comedy is from throwing those people together and having conversations that uh, that, that that makes sense and are funny. Yeah, well, look at the good place and the same thing with uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Even you know they're they're a homicide division, like robbery homicide, and there's the happiest show. Yep. You know, like it's it's the most positive thing, and it's all about the family of the unit of the team. Yep. I don't know. And I one of the few shows that actually have multiple, thing. multiple, uh, you know, people of color in the same show. Very few of those exist. And so that's another one of those things that's very, uh, Melissa important. Romero and Terry Crews and, yeah. uh, oh my God. Andre Berger and Brower. Brower. Yeah. I mean, genius. And listen, and they, they run the spectrum there. So it, of, of dealing with everything, but not making it like it's a thing. Yep. You know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, hard Andre Brower. So, you know, hard I had to work to be the, you know, a gay male, you know, captain in the NYPD. So they'll make the statement, but then they're not making storylines about that. It's just a grudge between him and Kira Sedgwick. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's like, they just hate each other. Nine, nine, (laughs) Jesse Durrell says Uh, nine, nine. (laughs) You know, I recently discovered, cause I don't listen to Drake at all. Uh, did he create that? You know, like the, like that whole thing. Did that come from a Drake song? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe. I don't listen to a lot of Drake either. Drake, I, I don't know. But Canadian rappers. Because I got cra- Canadian rapper beef. What? Bring it, Drake. Go hang out with Millie Bobby Brown. You're making us all look bad, asshole. Um, Is he really hanging yeah. out with Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, it's kind of gross. It's one of those things we don't. We'll get to that later. Let's get to the vow. But yes. Oh, did you freeze? No. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Unfortunately, he's like, yes. And this is like in the public? Yeah, like not they're not like hanging out that way, but he's like, um, and it, it, I, I, if you look up, mean? I'm gonna t- I'm just gonna read to you exactly what I just looked uh, up in Google when you say M- Millie Bobby Brown and Drake, uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Drake have a strange relationship. Okay, right um, there. That's, listen, <laughs> yeah, how old is she? Um, she's not 15 yet. I, I don't think maybe 14. So, in, well, I guess now she, this is, she's probably 16 now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a creepy thing. Um, and you can, if it's You're not questioning something if she's 16, You're well, no, sure. I, I, no, 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 I, this is my point. No, I, well, I, you being well, right I'm, wrong. Cause I'm looking at a, um, it's not your questioning. You're not questioning if she's 18 is my point. Oh no. You're questioning she, if she's 16 or 15. Yeah. Cause I'm looking clear about that. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at an article that says 31 year old Drake and 14 year old Millie Bobby Brown have a strange relationship. And that was published on September 20th, 2018. Um, I have a 16-year-old son. You have a 16-year-old son, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, Drake starts dating your you know, daughter. How, how are you feeling? Uh, Drake is not uh, alive anymore. Right. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna crack Drake yeah. like a fucking toothpick. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, but, but first of all, his name's not Drake. Yeah. What's his real name? 
Uh, this guy's real name. And, and how long do we do we? You know, everyone says, "Oh, is there, is there his name strange relationship." Oh, well, I'm sorry, say his name is actually his middle name's Drake. His name's Aubrey Drake Graham. <laughs> Aubrey. Aubrey. All right. So Aubrey Graham starts hanging around your your 15 year old daughter. He, he caught her on Netflix on the chef's table, mm. and he thought she had a, a real spark to her. Jace. I mean, isn't this called grooming? Is yep. this is exactly what, what every that, that's what everybody that's all, what basically everybody's saying. It's that, that Drake has a habit of grooming, and this is a very kind of creepy, scary thing. Um, she, you, Millie Robbie Brown, refers to this as kind of like a mentorship, and that that, that this is her, her, him helping her kind of go through uh, the fifteen-year-old girl whose yeah. uh, frontal lobe is not fully developed. Right. Is, exactly, is telling us how she is justifying this relationship with yeah, a thirty-one-year-old yeah. dude named Aubrey. Yep. I just I, listen, man. You know. Yeah. I I wish someone would do a, a deep dive check on Aubrey Drake Graham and see the arrest records that maybe were there and then thrown out the night of, and see how far back that goes. I mean, how long are we gonna go? Like, oh yeah, it's strange. It's not fucking strange. No, it's gross. Man. It's gross. There's a lot of this gross. I mean, you know, we start getting into it, and you know, it really does tie back to the vow. I don't like to be negative. No, me either. You know, but you know, you start talking about this, you start thinking about the people. You know, this is. You know, a little girl. Billie Eilish has said that that Drake's tried to connect with him, her. Um, you know, this is you know when, when you start this, to- when this falls, this is going to fall very fast and very furious. No yep. uh, hurt to the actual good franchise. They, this is going to not be the dominoes are going to drop quick when this thing drops. So, yep. and trust me, it's not going to be that long now. Now that this is out, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is uh, unacceptable. Absolutely, for, for a, a human being, you can't do this. I don't even care if you have a connection with her. You can't do this unless you're like dealing with her parents and you're like a math expert and you're actually tutoring her. I mean, and even then it's kind of weird. I want a female tutor. I got to tell you. Yep. I mean, for my little daughter. And, and by the way, for my son, you know, it, it, the same thing applies. A 31-year-old woman starts hanging around. Uh, There's a problem. Oh, no. It, it, absolutely. Um, and we can, you know, it's, it's very much. It's very serious. Okay. Um, well, and, I hope uh, that this is more than just a, uh, an article. Yeah. Well, no, there's I, been I a lot like of stuff. Aggressive into yeah. this stuff, you know. Well, I don't want to get too far into it only Let's because not, this is uh, not not for because I don't want to, but, but because this is something that's been out in the public for two years now. I don't want to, um, you know, give give it any more energy. I do, um, I you know. Agree. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the val- one. I'm going to change the subject one last time. I sent you a, an article about a, mm-hmm. a, um, a UFO that was spotted in New Jersey yesterday. Yeah. I have just been flagged by Facebook for putting out a false, for, for posting false news. Um, so they flagged my account for, for posting. Um, what does that mean? False Flag. information um, and notice on our post because an independent fact checker has decided that was not a UFO, but the Goodyear blimp. And it is now officially um, being flagged as uh, as propaganda on my Facebook. <laughs> Wait, so is it on mine too? Am I probably no, just on mine. It'll be, it'll, it's not a big deal. It just says, uh, false information found on your post. Independent fact checkers at lead story say information in your post is partly false. To stop the spread of false news, we've added that notice to your post. Well, you know what I did on Facebook? Uh, I blocked, I mean, it's ridiculous. But what I did, on, we'll get into this. What I did on Facebook, I blocked every face, fact checker. That's funny. Uh, no, it's not. It wasn't funny. It was long. It took a while. <laughs> I couldn't believe how many there were, but they're all blocked. Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. I thought this was just Facebook doing this. It is, but you can block the fact checkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's all these bots that are fact checkers. Interesting. 
Yeah, so you should block them. Because listen, here's the thing. Even if that is the Goodyear blimp, which, you know, I'm not saying it's not, okay? Because it kind of looks like it. They, when is everybody to realize that contact's been made already? Like, it's already <laughs> like, this is not a big deal. Yeah, maybe that is the Goodyear blimp, by the way. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. But what I do know is that the Pentagon said that the thing, the Tic Tac, is not of this world. So who's operating it? <laughs> well, here's what I want to say. It's I knew flying. It was- I knew it was the Goodyear blimp. I just thought the article was funny. Oh, so, did you know it was the Goodyear blimp? <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. That's why I was like, I put it out there. It's like, oh, look at all well, these Well, then people. you are spreading propaganda. They they actually are, are correct with you. <laughs> you know, propaganda, funny, whatever. I'm spreading the joy. I'm spreading the joy, <laughs> guys. It made me laugh. I was happy. <laughs> um, all right. So the vow. Speaking of all this stuff, what all this shitty gr- camera work, though. Like, how did you blur out the Goodyear blimp? Like, how did, did all these people like people yeah. were reporting it. it maybe it was just far away maybe it got stuck behind a cloud i videotaped the goodyear blimp many videotape look at me i've used the camcorder many times uh, listen i've used the you know the camera thing video and uh, i didn't have any problem getting the goodyear part i think they pay extra to make that you know pop that's that's it's a blimp it's hard to, you know, you can, it's pretty easy with a blimp. I would think like, there's not very many blimps. It's got a very specific color. It underneath it, it says, you know that you, there's yeah. no amount of money you can pay the Goodyear blimp to write. Jason is a pimp underneath it. You cannot. You can't. No, you can't. I tried. You can't do the world is yours. Like no, you can't do, you can't, you can't like see the lights in the Goodyear blimp. It does, they won't even write ice cubes, a pimp under it. You cannot no, get nothing. that. No matter what you can, nothing. no matter no what money. you're willing to pay. No amount of money will get that written on there. I tried well, that's for not my, true. That's not true. You can buy Goodyear. You could buy Goodyear. There I guess is there an is amount a, of money. There is an amount of money that you could. <laughs> yeah. You could, you know, or whatever fine it is and um, prison term you will. And if you can get, you know, no, get just and buying steal, Goodyear. steal the blimp, do it, pay steal the fine, the blimp. steal that's the blimp. Forever. You're in jail. Oh, that's now you're a terrorist. That is a, that is a bad sitcom plot right there where you go to steal the blimp. So you could write ice cubes, a pimp on it. And, and that's the, that, that's the plot of the whole, whole episode of is going to steal the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. Just so you could write Jason's a pimp. The vow. The vow. Thank you. <laughs> right. Let's Thank let's, you. let's 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 yeah, go. Speaking comedy of goals. pimps. Speaking of pimps, let's talk about Keith Rainier. All right. So this episode kind of follows up from last episode where we learn about uh, this this slave and, and dom thing. This uh, uh, dos dos dominant dominant, dominant and slave over slaves. Like is over it dominant slave. over submissive or something? Yeah, dominant over submissive. Mm-hmm. And we actually get into this how this whole thing works. Um, so they kind of do a bigger breakdown of all this stuff and talk about how all this is going. And I'm going to tell you something. So it, tell it, me? it starts out with this woman who is, you know, is just talking about her experience wanting to do a documentary on an urban farmer. And this urban farmer happens to be a part of DOS and explains to her, hey, if you want to really grow as a human being, let, let's get you into this. And, you know, maybe doesn't call it DOS, but this master slave kind of relationship and the, the accountability portion of this, where it's like, hey, we're counting calories, we're getting all our work done, you have to do this, this is. Honestly, if I if that was all it was, and if even if it exists right now, and I was like that, I was like, I might do that. Like, she seemed very productive. She's losing weight that she needed, felt like she needed to lose. She's getting all her work done. She's becoming the person, like she's following up on our things. I bet she writes Christmas cards. I bet, you know, she, you know, every time she has a dinner party, she, you know, she handwrites RSVPs. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Everything like she's hitting the gym. She's getting her work done on time. She's the person that follows up. And when she says she's going to be there at noon, she's there at noon. Mm -hmm. Like some of that, like structure and order 
was like very appealing to me. Like I was sitting there going, well, I don't really want to call anybody master, but if I had somebody I had to text every time to get all this stuff done and it was going to hold me this level of accountable, like I'd appreciate that sometimes. Okay. Okay. So, but you know what it is, unfortunately is indoctrination, right? You know, and that's, and, and grooming and that's again. The next step. Right. And, and okay. grooming and, you know, and, and having your, your, your cost of registration is, you know, and that's, that's the other collateral. There's collateral, like the cost of registration so that you will make sure you eat all the right calories. And like, I, and I guess that's a, you know, and I guess that's, that's one way to motivate for them. But if you said, Hey, Jason, you can only have 1500 calories a day, or at least I'm going to release, uh, uh, your sex, <laughs> which listen, no, but they get you saying stuff like they would get you saying like, you'd make a video saying like, I molest my kid on the reg, you know, yeah. like, and they're like, I'll release that by the time it's proved untrue. You're ruined anyway. You know what right. I mean? It's like, this is the, uh, you know, the sickness that that goes with this collateralization so it's now you're owned now you're right really owned. because that's you know it's a and it's a false motivation it's a fear-based motivation it's not really right. positive right and so you know as i joke about it saying hey listen i would love somebody that hold me that level of accountable that kind of accountability comes with consequences that aren't worth the the change but what you are saying is that a regular person possibly could see their way into this as a metaphor, which is mm -hmm. what the excuse all of the uh, cult victims are saying was that as a metaphor, it's, you know, I can really see the value. Right. Right. And you're saying the same thing. I'm saying like, the exact same thing. I, I, I understand. I empathize with it completely. And, and that's one of the things that I thought was really interesting is they're not taking weak people. Right. And that's one of the things they emphasized in this episode. They're not taking people who are meek or shy or uh, have low self-esteem they're taking high value high functioning strong smart independent successful people and integrating them this way this is something that people who are already accomplished want like that's what i look at i'm a, you know i'm the ceo of a company i run a business i do good stuff i know how to do all these things i'm looking at this with a little bit of envy because it seems like it's a next level thing this is something that where they're not you know a, a standard cult looks and you know, if we look back at Manson, as we talked about Manson, you're talking about people who uh, were very weak-willed, were very easily right. indoctrinated, um, mm -hmm. very simple. It took some drugs and some sex and some, you know, some free love or, you know, whatever, some sort of communal kind of thing to get these people who are runaways, who are victims of trauma and past abuse to join in. This cult is different because they were able to take CEOs and, you know, and, and, and celebrities and people with really strong constitutions and, and indoctrinate them into this, into this cult. Okay. So I'm going to give my two cents on what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't view these people as you are viewing them. Mm -hmm. Um, I view these people as, and again, they might all well, have I the mean, capability of being good. Oh, I, well, the reason I even say that is they, they said that specifically in the show. Like that's one of the, no, no, no. Thanks for bringing that up, though. Uh, you're right. Actually, I do know, but good. Thank you for bringing it up because maybe people don't know. Uh, it's a good point that they say that. It's, again, to me, more shit they're saying that isn't true. Um, like, because, again, these people, just because, uh, as we know, being successful in this business does not mean you are secure and confident and at peace with yourself and content and about love and compassion and empathy. You know, uh, a lot of it has to do, and, and also, let's be clear, Mark Vicente directed a top-shelf documentary. The best documentary makers in the world struggle to make a living, right? Let's. So it depends how you 
quantify, if you quantify success by a dollar amount or you qualify success mm -hmm. by your artistic achievements, those are two different things. But admittedly, the India Oxenbergs, the Allison Max, Allison Mack was, as I learned, you know, what was she third or fourth on the call sheet? Yeah. Right. No, she wasn't or fifth or sixth. Yeah. maybe. Yeah. She, and even on uh, what is that one where she was with the dog with, uh, with uh, Frodo? You remember that one with the, with the Australian dog? Oh yeah. Yeah. The FX uh, show. Yeah. Wil Wilfred. Wilfred. She was probably or was that still, the rat one. That was no Wilfred's right. Three. Oh, she was like three or four on that call sheet too. Well, this is my point. So, so she's getting there, but she's not there. You know, she wants mm. to be two or one. Right. And it's the same with Mark. It's the same with Sarah who's going on auditions and getting parts, but not nailing it in there. Now it doesn't mean they weren't successful artists. Right. right. They're, 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 go ahead. It means they, they didn't get Edward James almost, but they got the third or fourth captain on, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And, and they wanted more. And that's a normal human thing. But there's also the idea of being satisfied in who you are and not having to look outside for necessary uh, validation. So right oh. when you start with having, and I, I speak for myself, you know, I mean, we do a live podcast. When you have to sit outside yourself for validation. Now, for me, it's gone from that to trying to hopefully help people and, and make people happy. Because if that's something, because it makes me happy, so I get something from it too. But when you're just doing it to seek validation, which I think, I think from what I got, a lot of these people were, they were not complete within themselves. So they were looking outward for something. They weren't confident strong people they may have been high functioning mm -hmm. to a degree they may have had a degree of success and now people like keith rainier and the saltzman woman uh, mm. was it lauren saltzman barbara saltz i don't want to get any saltzman who aren't the names yeah. you know a bad yeah. rap because they're saltzman of the earth yeah i get it um <laughs> that's nice that's good uh but you know these are people that are that are really low level or we can call them high level pimps right if that's a, not an oxymoron no, that and that makes sense. And I think, you know, I think to a point, you know, and like I said, I'd like to consider myself fairly, you know, grounded in myself and I love myself and I love you do where I'm at. You are. And I agree. And, you know, but I do think that there's something to be said about the existential crisis and the midlife crisis of people, right? You go and you, you, you have these specific dreams and these specific goals that you're trying to hit. And suddenly you do like your, your mark or your, you know, these people and you're like, I got, I'm the CEO, I'm the, this, I'm the, this, why am I not fulfilled? And it's obviously you're, you know, you've been looking in the wrong places or expecting fulfillment from accomplishment. And I, I, I can see that being, you know, as you know, something that's easily drawn on and not necessarily a, you know, a place that people necessarily think that they can be taken advantage of at. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure I do. So like, you know, when you are, you know, when you, you get to a certain spot, like you hit that spot and you're like, oh, I should be fulfilled. Oh, I'm not. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've, um, it doesn't, it, it definitely means that there's a deficit in how you've accomplished, you know, your, your self-esteem and you, you're looking, you found a hole there, but it, it's kind of like, that's the American dream we've been taught to chase. And so you're kind of left with this hole that was kind of, you kind of were always destined to have. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what he's preying on. He's preying on something that's like it kind of interwoven into the American experience in a weird sort of way. Well, and it's very interwoven into Hollywood, which is, you know, there is no there there. Right. You know, if you win the award, when you win it, you're like, now if I just get that, no, you know, and you're in the house and you're in the car, you got the thing, the boat or whatever the hell, the women and the men or the thing. It's, it's just still, there's no there there. If you're not here, mm -hmm. you know, here, inside you know then then nothing is going to fulfill that so and all of them admit to the, whether it was the eating 
you know, they were, they were eating to, to fill a hole and, you know, as many of us do, you know, in different ways and guys like, or people like Keith Rainier, who, who, by the way, I will stick to saying this. I think he came up with a system that did help people. Mm -hmm. I think that if you could have monetized that system in a way that was not dynamic marketing and not cultish and released it to the world in like Tony Robbins style, Keith Mm -hmm. Rainier might've been as big as Tony Robbins. Maybe. I, I really, I think there's a real uh, there. There. Could, no, could you imagine? Can you imagine them both standing on a, a platform together with Tony Robbins being like what? He's like seven foot ten. He's like Andre the Giant, and then poor Keith Ramirez being like four foot two. It'd be like Bugs Princess Bunny and the Bride. yeah, exactly. It'd be like Andre the Giant and the Tasmanian Devil standing next to each other. I mean, listen. I, by the way, there's a there's a uh, alternate reality that that exists where that exists. You know. That being said, he took this thing, and, and I believe he was helping. This is what I think about what you said to finish up on that. I think these people weren't necessarily, like, I don't agree with you that they are all these high-functioning, strong people. Mm-hmm. I believe these people are smart people, mm-hmm. creative artists, who mm-hmm. really saw something in the work that was being done by this guy's formulas. Mm-hmm. And that's where it went sideways. Yeah. Well, well, and I, I think that, you know, a lot of that stuff is, is interesting. It's, it's easy to fall into. And I think that, you know, yep. I agree with you. I think they're smart. I think that they got this stuff and they see the value and they still, but then they're still, but there's still a void that they need to fill. And that's what gets filled. Like it's the same thing with Scientology. It's the same thing with anything where these, you know, you have these people who are, um, you know, susceptible because they're open up to this thing. And, 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 and part of it with Mark, I really thought too, was like, he got so much out of it when it when you start to identify that way before you know it you're already in. Right. Okay. That's that is a wonderful point. But I want to go back for a second. Did you see? Do you recall the uh, the video of the like, Alice and Max first meeting with? Kim? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So do you do you remember the conversation they were having? Oh, what 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 do you, what what is art? What does art mean to you? Right. What does art mean to you, right. Allison? So she says how she derives happiness from art, right? Right. And it's interwoven into me when I see a film. I remember. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, right. So she didn't really give an answer, right? That's the first part of it. The second part of it is that his response to her is immediately, and if you can, I, I doubt, I should have brought this up earlier to you to get this clip, but if we play it, HBO Max, I don't know. Then we got, so, well, HBO Max loves us, so they'll let us play it, but, you know, the Facebook. Uh, the Facebook might cancel us. Fake Facebook. news, Facebook. Yeah, you're spreading propaganda. Yeah, you don't own this material. Like, yo, man. I don't want to own it. I just want people to understand what's happening. So Allison Mack asked this question and about art and his answer was to tell her that everything she believed was absolutely wrong. What if you had to separate yourself from the art and realize that the only way to do to get your happiness, it can't come from the art. Why not, dude? Why can't it come from there? Like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you enhance that? Why? He literally sits across from her and says, your belief system is shit. You should be embarrassed. That's the subtext of what he says. Do you recall right. this at all? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely do. I mean, he basically—it's kind of funny. It's the—it's the pickup artist nagging, right? You're—you're you're right. basically, you're basically using that same structure, that same psychology that that people use when they're, you know, the pickup artist use. And and listen again, you have this. Oh, look, yeah. I am so good. I am so good. Hold on. You got the quote, don't you? I I'll watch this. Oh, good, because now I can really do an autopsy on it, like I did that night in my room with your girlfriend um why is that important to me because it's um because i think it's 
Thank you so much, Jess. Who I am is wrapped up in art. So much of who I am is wrapped up in art. When I go to see a, a film or mm -hmm. a piece of artwork or mm -hmm. something happens to me, I'm just so excited. And one. This is a happy moment blissful. she's talking about. Blissful. You Beautiful. know, you can practice generating an extreme feeling of joy over anything. Mm -hmm. Our methods that we have, especially in 2C, that it's uh, one of our intensives. It's a called now. Civilization. Civilization. Right, there are other people all what if artistic endeavors were really bogus? What if bogus? What if what you said what if is all bogus? Was just an excuse for those who couldn't build. Okay, stop it for a second. No. What if art is an excuse for those who couldn't do? No, no. Okay, <laughs> right there, that's what someone who can't do says. Right. Second, right? Right. Second of all, he immediately, the second he said, what if art is bogus? What, so what if everything that gives you bliss and joy is completely bullshit? And what if people who like art are really people who can't do shit? Right. That's what he's telling her. Uh, right? We're clear yeah, absolutely, on this? Absolutely. Do you agree or do you disagree? 100%. 100%. That's exactly what he's doing. He's basically trying to say everything, well, you're basically everything you're thinking is wrong. Your entire makeup and, and you are wrong. And we can't, and, and before he does that, he says, oh yeah, that feeling, that's that's level two shit. Yeah. Right? That's the <laughs> first C. thing he says. Two yeah, C. it's two C. Like, that's right. just level two shit. I, I got, I, you know, so you don't even that. have to go to, you know, improv level three. You, you don't barely have to know game. Right? <laughs> There you go. Right, you don't have to noodle orgy to that to get to that point. That's that's fucking that, that's our lower our lower classmen. You're not even a junior yet. See, see, you, you, okay. This is this this is what I'm talking about. This is like and what you said. This is that negging crap. That's all this is. He saw a pretty girl that he didn't get when he grew up, and now he's got her, and everyone's hanging on all his words. You see, Mark Vicente sitting right next to her. You know, like just sitting there watching the grooming take place. Mm -hmm. Right. And then she's like, I want you to 3M me. Right. Or whatever the their version of Scientology is. Right. You know, to e-meter me or whatever the heck it is. Oh, yeah. The you know, and he's like, I don't really, I don't really do it. But yeah, come here. And she's like, I hug <laughs> and I kiss. And then right. she kisses him on the lips. And he's like, I got her. Like you see right. him walking away like he's almost on air. Like he's like, hee, hee, hee. you kind of see the fat little kid he used to be. Oh, yeah. Well, you can see this because he's this weird, like, even the way he dresses in for the volleyball games is a really interesting thing to me because he's got the the elbow pads and the, the like, he looks like a nerd. Like, he, he looks more nerdy there than anywhere else. He looks like he's getting ready to rollerblade, um, but, like, not in the, the, the brief time between when it was cool and when it came back. You know, he's like, hey, guys. <laughs> Oh, we'll go back go. to AP Bio. Guess yeah, exactly. what I'm doing? Inline skates. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, it's terrible. And it really is. It's like Guyana. It's like Jim Jones in the in the fields with the denim shorts, you know, making everybody eat black beans and play volleyball. I believe they played volleyball. Will you look that up for me, Jason? Mm -hmm. If Jim Jones had his followers play volleyball in Guyana, if it was a part of the thing but these are all in these high control group situations this is exactly what happens and you have all the people around who are sitting there giving credence to your you know preaching oh everything keith says is oh yeah no that's to see that's like civilization stuff 
Like you have another dude, and like the dude who directed that movie that you knew that really was. And by the way, you do realize that Allison Mack is sitting there, and she I, listen. This girl, I think, just like India Oxenberg, is a vid- now. Listen, at what point are you a survivor? You know, and what point are you now a criminal? Okay, so we can get there. But what she's saying, what she is actually saying, is there are moments when I go see a film or some, that of art where it is blissful. Mm-hmm. Joyful. She is saying something that sounds like it should come with balloons, and right. he says to her, "It that should come with condolences." Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally bogus, and you're wasting, and and you're you're yeah, exactly. I think that's an Aaron Sorkin line, by the way, from Newsroom. <laughs> I, I I was like that. That's a good line. Did I just write that in my head? Sorkin. Damn it, Sorkin yeah, always. Sorkin. Well, he writes so much. It's kind of like you know, enough. You put enough Sorkins in a room, and they'll write the entire you know. Yeah, every every one of the words has been used by Mr. Sorkin, but in that exact um, rhythm, yeah, exactly. I think Jeff Daniels delivered it. That's so, funny. and now I'm positive of it. So, uh, go no on. volleyball searches came up by the way for Jim Jones. Uh, okay, so good. So he was having him work in the field. That was yeah. his thing. That was his volleyball and the low calorie. So they can't think straight. You're not operating on full brain level potential. Your brain nope. cannot function on that low calorie diet. Mm-mm. Right. So now. This and is, now it's time to say goodbye. Oh, jeez. How does this happen so fast? Oh, wow. That's really you singing that song. Okay, listen. Uh, tomorrow. Yes, I'm good. Oh, we got something. Next episode, tomorrow. I mean. Oh, okay, my so. goodness. Guess what we got tomorrow, guys. What do we got next episode, Jason? Oh, our next episode. Guess yeah. what we have. Oh, yeah. I get to tell you. You don't have to guess because you can't answer me. I know. Well, you could on the chat, but I won't make you. What do we got? We have the showrunner and creator and EP oh. of... Raised by Wolves on HBO Max, the Ridley new Scott. Ridley Scott show. Luke Scott. Yeah, and Luke Scott. And wow. this this show, we got we got him here tomorrow. So we get to talk, we get to go deep dive into the show that we dive. love. We love. I also want to talk about the third day tomorrow, which is the new uh new show with Jude uh, Law. Jude Law. Um, which yeah. is interesting. Speaking Limited of cults, I, I did want to talk about, you know, that's the last thing I want to see. Cults, cults are so hot right now. Cults are the new zombies right now. We got midsummer, we've got all this stuff, the cult stuff going on. That they're Cults are, you know, and I, I have a feeling I know why, but I won't get political in this particular uh, episode, but uh, we can talk about that. I give it 10, 10, I give it another three months before there's an announcement that the Wicker Man is being remade. Oh, light me on fire and dress me like a bear, motherfucker. Russell um, Crowe at the end. No! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, but it's Russell Crowe. Stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. We'll see you next episode. Jason Smith. Cliff Dwarfman, I love you, everybody. Candy Not COVID 2020.